Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny. That's a sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher that you guys are all fans of already. Anyway, we're on season four, episode two, The Cradle Robbers. This is the one wherein Fran uh, realizes that, ooh-ooh, Maggie might be dating an older man. I am Shondi Pasquale, here with my co-host. Victoria Sheffield. Boop, 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 boop. We're back. And we're ready we're to go. Ready. We're back, baby. Uh, fair warning to you all. You may have made the same mistake we did and watched the following episode, thinking it was the actual episode two, because that's what HBO Max says. But it's not. Yeah. Episode two is the Cradle Robbers. Well, this if you is watched a good the bird though. one, you're wrong. Yes, this is a good lesson. We, I had at least fallen into sort of a sense of complacency, assuming that HBO Max had like got their shit together. So. Yeah. I didn't realize. They did not. That. And this could have been a much bigger deal based on our record special. Like we could have each watched. It could. We could have record. screwed up. If we weren't doing two today, we could have both watched the wrong episode. <laughs> or we could have watched two completely wrong episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know. But, uh, but well, here we are. Out. We did it. We figured it out. And we're just giving you fair warning because if you're like, hey, why are they talking about the cradle robbers? That's not episode two. It is. It is. It is. And yeah. this episode, it, it we. I think we get our first dose of Maggie in season two. She wasn't we in do. the first episode at all. She wasn't. But- and I think it's because these children all aged a lot between season three and four. <laughs> uh, they really did. Uh, and I wonder if they weren't like, let's just like parse the children out over the first couple episodes because having all three of them be in one scene in the very first episode would feel like too much time has passed. Well, like, I really do wonder if that wasn't the thinking, if it wasn't like, well, we need the first episode to sort of like dovetail off of like the finale. And like, because of that, everyone can't look that much older. So let's limit how much the kids are in, because then you can go, eh, the time between episode one and two was like a little bit longer, you know? (laughs) It's funny you say that because our only sighting of Brighton in the first episode, he's on his knees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, so this episode starts off with Mr. Sheffield and Fran and then of course Niles uh having a picnic in the park because like he's there serving them and we firstly established that Mr. Sheffield is having hearing trouble in his left ear but he's like too vain to admit it and then secondly they they see some uh like teenage girl in the distance kissing an older guy and Mr. Sheffield's like oh you know look at that like where are that girl's parents and then Fran's like Hi, Maggie. So we realize it's actually Maggie. And, you know, Mr. Sheffield is like outraged. And Fran's like, don't worry, don't worry. Like, I dated an older guy in high school and it led to nothing but heartbreak. She goes, especially when he failed me in math. Dude, I have so many notes on this episode. This was sort of a problematic episode. (laughs) So um, in the next scene, we have Mr. Sheffield literally dragging Maggie back into the mansion. And he's super outraged. And she's like, Dad, he's only 25. And I just wrote, that is so much older. It's so yeah. gross. So gross. But she's, she's so delusional. But, you know, Mr. Sheffield, like, forbids her from ever seeing him again, which he should do. And then Maggie yep. runs up the stairs, upset. And then Fran is the one who's like, you know, maybe we should at least meet the guy so then she won't completely hate us. So I'm like, I, so I wrote, no, I actually think forbidding it is the right move. Mr. Yeah. Sheffield 
calls him a perverted sex maniac, and I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree too. I I I think that like I was right there with you. I was like, I'm sorry, but like that's not okay. It's not okay. Like I I don't have any problem with like a 22 year old like girl in college dating you know 30 year old dude. All right, fine, you know. But like 17, she's still in high school. Like, I think it's really gross to date someone in high school if you're not in high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, there's that's very it. clearly, the older you get, the more you realize there's very clearly something wrong with the like 25 year old who wants that. Like, yes. and the problem is when you're in high school and someone that old seems interested in you, you think it's this like incredible form of validation. Like, I must be yes. so mature. Like, I, I must be special when actually it's like, no, 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 that dude is a huge loser. His, yeah. He's got completely yeah. like arrested development and there's a reason he can't get girls his own age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I, I uh, Elizabeth is younger than me. We've, I think we've talked about this before, but like the, in my twenties, I never had the urge to date someone younger than me. You know what I mean? Like I was never... In my 20s, I wasn't like, man, I really need to find myself like an 18-year-old, 17-year-old girl. I can't. Yeah. Like, it just never would have even occurred to me. It just felt weird and gross. I mean, I also, I worked at like a children's theater as a director and like, I don't know. I just, they were all such kids. You know what I mean? Even the older kids that were like 16 years old and like aging out of the theater were still like, they were like babies, Yes, you know? Uh, hey, listeners, if you're currently an adult dating a teenager, let us know. Maybe and stop. <laughs> no, I was going to say, hey, tell us we're wrong. Explain yourself. Yeah, question of the week. Are you dating a teen? <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut to the, a bookstore, um, which, I mean, I feel like, man, a lot of current day listeners or like some of our younger viewers, they might not even really remember the culture of like, when you went to a bookstore and there would be a cafe there and you would just sit, drink coffee and peruse books. Cause I yeah. don't think, I think that that like exists in like one place in New York now and like maybe like one place per city and maybe a few places in Portland. I mean, I honestly can't even think of a bookshop with a coffee shop in it in Los Angeles. Well, anyway, so we're in the bookstore and, um, you know, clearly this is where Maggie has decided she's going to meet up with John, the 25 year old. Yeah. Um, there's also an Anna Nicole Smith reference in this scene, which is so, there's so many reasons why this reference is like, doesn't make sense. Oh, today. It's awful. Um, but <laughs> it's painful. It's painful. But, uh, back in the nineties, Anna Nicole Smith was, you know, you know, kind of like blonde, playboy bunny woman yeah i would call her i would describe her as a she was a pamela anderson cutout like that was the idea pamela anderson was big and then along came someone who is like oh she's like pam she's got like blonde hair and big boobs and she's really pretty and it's like it's like another pamela anderson that we get to have and like she was in playboy she followed a very similar path as pam (laughs) the difference was pam anderson broke out and got an acting career and Anna Nicole Smith was not as talented as an actress um, and she didn't quite have the same level of charisma as Pam Anderson. So Anna Nicole Smith got into drugs. She struggled a lot and she ended up marrying a 90 year old dude at like mid twenties. Yes. A a very, very old man. And I think she already had a son through like a previous relationship 
But, you know, then he died, and I believe she inherited a lot of his wealth. Um, and that's kind of what she was known for. Like, you know, Pamela Anderson type who married old, old man, literally like in a wheelchair, was married to him for like a year before he died. Um, and then all this other stuff happened later uh, with her reality show. And of course, she died tragically young. But for a long time, she was like the face of like hot gold digger. Um, but so that's why she comes up because basically Fran's like, you know, honey, like not everyone can be Anna Nicole Smith. Sometimes they live. Yeah. <laughs> Dark. Yeah. But so then John shows up. I wrote, I instantly hated him and he looks 30, uh, not 25. And yes. he brings his friend Mike along. who's like this handsome blonde guy. And then even though Fran is just there to like kind of vet John, it quickly devolves into like a double date situation where Fran is completely charmed by the friend, Mike. Yeah. And like, you know, she finds out that his mother is Jewish. His dad is a buyer for Lomans. Um, they watched all the same shows growing up. There was a Nick at Night reference, by the way, because we find out that like she actually grew up on those shows and he grew up watching them on Nick at Night. Right. Um, also, side note, I Googled it. Now Nick at Night is mostly Friends, Mike and Molly, Seinfeld, and young Sheldon. <laughs> Oh. If you were curious. Oh, well, that makes me want to literally kill myself. So thanks, Toria. <laughs> I know. It just makes me sad, too, that, like, now younger people, like, the shows are getting a Mike and Molly. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, why Why can't, like, it's weird that we got, like, I Love Lucy. And they're like, eh, Mike and Molly, good enough. Yeah, why don't Cla they get Frasier, at least? But anyway. Classic <laughs> sitcom, Mike and Molly. Um, also, why Young Sheldon? That's still on. <laughs> That's not even a show that's not, that's like literally still airing episodes, like new episodes. So why is that on Nick at Night? I don't know. But well, so we've got this like double date situation where Fran is clearly into a 25 year old, which throws a huge wrench into the whole like the age difference is too. I would argue it doesn't actually throw a wrench in it because Fran could be like, well, we're two adults and you're still a child. But regardless, uh, it starts to brew a complicated situation. And yeah, then, well, the, the all of the math on this was really wonky to me because then, like, Fran is like, eh, I'm too young for him, or I'm too old for him. Like, it's so weird. Like, it's just like, I, it's like Fran suddenly is like, I might be too old for this guy, but like, it, I don't know. It's it's so dumb. It was like, no, Fran was actually the perfect age to date either one of these dudes. <laughs> well, okay, she's. I would argue. She's like 32. They're like 25. Like, it's not that different. <laughs> I do think women, this is a big generalization, mature faster than men. I think me at like around my age dating a 25 year old, like, I, I would be pretty stunted. Like, 25 year old dudes are just not in the same place as like 33 year old women typically. I'm not saying you can't have that's fun true. with them. And yeah, I think, I know this is a huge, huge generalization, but I do think generally, like, one of the reasons that like younger women with an age difference with older men work is because like women are, are more emotionally mature, early, they're earlier. So there's less of a disparity. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will have thoughts about that, but that's, that's sort of what my lived experience has taught me. Fair. Okay. I'm not um, saying, uh, we'll get, we'll get, I even talk about this in the frame of the CC. I'm not saying I'm opposed to having some fun with a 25 year old, but I don't know <laughs> a, a long-term relationship with one right now. Um, yeah. but, so 
then oh the next scene this i just wrote man this is this c plot is really straight from the gutter um, so cc comes into the kitchen complaining that she can't sleep um and she but she and niles is already in the kitchen and she's like niles like you always give me decaf coffee right and he's like oh of course and from the way that he says it we can tell he definitely doesn't give her decaf and then he's like well maybe i'll give you he's like maybe you'd like a soda to like you know wake you up and she's like okay but just make sure it's decaf and he's like of course and then he like goes into the fridge and gets like a clearly non-decaf uh coke and i wrote the most unrealistic thing about this part to me is that a woman in the 90s would drink a full sugar soda because that was like it was all it was diet coke all the time baby it was diet coke it wouldn't i mean caffeine free diet but not like caffeine free full sugar it was also it's so funny i didn't this was so non-consequential that i have no notes about this plot line and i didn't even (laughs) clock it as a plot i just clocked it as like oh i guess that's like a funny gag they're gonna just like it, it felt like just a reoccurring joke it didn't even feel like a plot really what's this plot i just said she's you know <laughs> he's just niles is shitty to cc <laughs> <laughs> yep i mean they must have just had to have like a whole barrel full of them to draw from for yeah but so um also there's a funny beat where um we we also further establish that mr sheffield is refusing to go to the doctor because it, uh, he like is too vain about the hearing loss in his left ear fran and maggie enter the kitchen and you know Fran's like you know John is great but you still can't date him like the the age difference is just too much and Maggie calls her a hypocrite because she's like well you're gonna go on a date with Mike and he's seven years younger than you and Fran's like well Mike's not my daughter and Maggie's Maggie's like well either am I and she runs out and like that really guts Fran because that's it was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. I wrote so sad and then Fran, after Maggie leaves, Fran goes, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, she goes, cancel the date. I'm already dead. Yeah, really sad. Yeah, and it was kind it was of sad. Like the first time I think Fran had ever kind of like without even thinking referred to one of the kids as her. I mean, I guess she, no, she's been like my babies growing up before to like Gracie. Mm-hmm. Um but so, but this was the first time, you know, she kind of said it in like the heat of a fight. And, and so it was really crushing. Ugh. Um, and then we cut to two days later, Maggie has not talked to Fran in two full days because she's still so pissed. And Fran's like, Niles, like, how can I convince Maggie that she doesn't have anything in common with a 25 year old? And he very pointedly is like, and you do. And, you know, we kind of, that is something that kind of like circles back in this episode, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, sure. Maggie has nothing in common with that guy, but does Fran really have anything in common with the other guy? Right. Um, and so this is the answer is not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this was like my favorite scene in the whole episode because CC, who's uh, jacked up on caffeine, comes in, and Fran actually is like, "Hey, you know, Miss Babcock, can I talk to you? Like, I think I need a woman's perspective." And um, you know, CC sits down at the kitchen table with her, and Fran's like. You know, Maggie thinks I'm being a huge hypocrite because I won't let her date a 25-year-old when I'm dating a 25-year-old. <laughs> In the most perfect delivery, Cece goes, wait, 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 who's Maggie? <laughs> oh, my God. So good. It was so funny and it was so perfect. And then she goes, oh, wait, the big one. Right. <laughs> and, like, and the thing is, what I loved about this is, A, she's hopped up on, ca- hopped up on caffeine. But she's also like genuinely very interested in trying to help Fran. Like, yes. you know, this is when we're, we're we're still getting to that point between the two of them where it's like 
the the rivalry is kind of gone. Like, you know, sure, Cece still wants to like, you know, like get Maxwell, but she's also so desperate and sad for friends and human connections that like Nanny Fine might be one of the closest people in her life. So yeah. I think I think I mean we've never met a friend of Cece's. So I the implication, at least to me, is that Cece doesn't have friends. Yeah. Like she works. She works, goes home, goes to sleep, tries to date maybe, <clears throat> and then works. So it seems like friends the closest thing she has to a female friend, like at all. Yes, yes. Um and so, but you know, ultimately Fran decides to let Maggie go on another date with John. You know, with the logic that, oh, Maggie will quickly realize they have nothing in common and she will break up with him. And she's like, and bonus, like, I'll get to be a chaperone with Mike. And um, I, my note is just, do these guys know that Fran is Maggie's nanny? Because that is so messed up. <laughs> Can you imagine you and your friend on a double That's date? That's a good point. Can you imagine you and your friend go on a date? One of the girls is underage and one of them is her nanny. Like, no, that's a really, it's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. Like, I, I didn't even think like, yeah, these guys have no idea that they're going on a date with this girl and her nanny. <laughs> I think they do. I, I, it's, it's really weird. They must because they picked them up at the same house. But then also, my other. But did she go was, like, oh, this is my nanny Fran, or was she? Yeah, I guess. I <laughs> that's so well, weird. My other thought was just. Um, Oh, wait, hold on. Now I lost my train of thought. It was the messed up or the friend of all. Oh, it was, I think that this is actually a terrible plan because most teenage girls, if they're getting attention from an older guy, they're not going to have like the, the internal, like, you know, wisdom to be like, we have nothing in common. Like I'm breaking up. They're going to be like, oh no, I'm going to mold myself to be whatever this guy wants. Yes. Like that, that's what most, people do at that age even yes with their own age yes like, which, oh, which like and not jazz? to jump I like jazz. right i was just gonna say not to jump that f- too far ahead but like yeah when when he's like i like jazz she wouldn't have been like ew what's that she'd have been like oh cool like i i teach me you know like because yeah. you do want to fit in and you do want to seem cool um yeah i mean the, the wrap-up of this felt very much like too convenient uh, too convenient and like oh, of course Fran was right you just had to trust Maggie and like teenagers will figure this out and it's like I don't know she probably would have ended up pregnant <laughs> yeah that's what I was thinking too well- another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Fran then goes to Mr. Sheffield's office to tell her, to tell him her big plan. Right. Um, but before she can even get it out, he's like, all I want to hear is that she's never going to see that guy again. 
So then Fran's kind of like, ooh, like, because her Fran entails from going on another date. So she very strategically goes over to his left ear and tells him the plan, then goes over to his right ear and goes, and then she'll dump him. And Mr. Sheffield, too proud to admit he can't hear, literally is like, fantastic. Like, thank you for taking care of it, Miss Fine. She walks out, and then, I love this joke, Niles knocks on the door and goes, Sir, Christopher Plum is on the phone for you. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield picks up the phone and yells, get over here and fix my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just loved it. Um, it's such a dumb like, joke. Ah, finally. <laughs> I had to go, Christopher Plummer was an actor. Because <laughs> that joke went completely over Elizabeth's head. Because who oh, even yeah. knows who Christopher Plummer is anymore? Oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, but he, you know, very What's famous. the last Christopher Plummer movie you can name? Only the one that I know. No, is that true? Do I own uh, Sound of Music? I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so then later that evening, the doorbell rings. It's the guys. It's really gross because they come in and they kiss Fran and Maggie in unison. And like, you know, they each like flip up their legs. And I'm like, ew, this is gross considering that like, you know, Fran is a mother figure to Maggie. But it's so gross. <laughs> I know. So um, you know, Mr. Sheffield, of course, he sees this and he like drags Fran out into his office and he's like, what is going on? I thought Maggie was never going to see that guy again. And she's like, well, this isn't my fault. This is your fault because you clearly didn't hear a word I said. And he kind of, it's kind of like the perfect like loophole of getting her out of the situation because she can claim that like she vetted this by him already. Um, but she's like, you know, she kind of says it again and she's like, you know, this is the whole problem with our relationship. Like you don't listen to me. And also you said you love me in Paris and then you took it back. Which, yeah. <laughs> which was just, I was like, good. Okay. We're not fully letting go of that. No. Um, and also because we watched these out of order, I was, uh, it, it makes so much more sense that she brought that up in episode two yes. as opposed to, I thought episode three, I was like, wow, that's weird that they would like wait. I, like, I mean, all right, I guess they're going to keep bringing it up this season, but it actually makes so much more sense knowing this was episode two because like yeah they paris just happened mm -hmm, one episode ago mm -hmm. so yeah. and so he's like so she's like well anyway you know so maggie's gonna go on a date and like trust me she's a smart girl she's gonna dump them and he's like well fine like what about you and that you know that guy and then she's like uh, i'm a slow learner <laughs> and walks out <laughs> i really like that line yeah um me too. And so then that night, they're all at this bar together playing pool. And this was the thing we were talking about earlier. John suggests that they all go to a jazz club afterwards. And Maggie literally goes, ew, who likes jazz? And this is where, yeah, any normal teenager, again, not even if they're dating an older person, just if they're with a person their age that they have a crush on, would instantly have been like, yeah, I love jazz. Yeah, uh, or, I mean, or honestly, even like, cool, a club. Like... <laughs> Like, I'm going to let these guys get me into a club. That sounds fun. Yeah. It was just so, it was, I mean, I get it. It was very convenient writing. They had to quickly show, oh, she's still a child. So she's like, ew, jazz. And they're like, well, what do you like? And she's like, I like to watch Clueless. And it was like, okay. I guess I, that means she's a child. And it's, uh -huh. like, you know, it's the mid-90s. Everybody loves Clueless. Yes. <laughs> and so then she pulls Fran aside. And again, very conveniently, she's like, Fran. I think I'm going to go home. Like I'm, but first I need to be alone with John. Like I need to break up with him. We just don't have anything in common. And Fran's like, okay. And then, and then Maggie's like, what about you and Mike? Are you bored with him? And Fran literally looks at him and he kind of like wags an eye, an eyebrow at her. And she's like, not yet. <laughs> 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 Big, <laughs> that night. Yep. 
Um, and then, you know, we're really in the wrap up now. We, you know, cut to a few days later, Fran's in the kitchen and she, it's kind of adorable. She's giving Niles a little hair trim and then like he gets up and then she, you know, Mr. Sheffield sits down and she's given him a little hair trim and he's like, oh, you know, Miss Fine, I saw Maggie making out with a boy from school and he's like delighted. <laughs> he's like so happy. She's at least like, you know, making out with like other teenagers. And then- Which, which all- honestly is growth for Mr. Sheffield because- you know, a couple seasons ago, he was like, she's not allowed to kiss a boy ever until she's 47. And now he's like, eh, whatever. At least she's just making out with like a normal aged boy. So, mm-hmm. you know, k- k- kudos on the growth, Maxwell. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also says that he went to the doctor about his ear finally. And he was told he has temporary hearing loss, either due to, quote, a virus or prolonged exposure to an unusually loud, high-pitched frequently. Frequency. Frequency, yeah. And Fran's like, weird, must be a virus. And then she's like, Brian! (laughs) Right in Mr. Sheffield's ear. And it's just like, that's just the button of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Which I honestly thought it should have been the laugh. I was really surprised they went with her screaming Brighton. That felt like a little on the nose. I think it actually would have been funnier if she's like, ha, weird, hey. You know what I mean? I totally thought her laugh would have been it. But we yeah. actually then have another button, which I was I didn't really care for. It was just, you know, we've established that CC has been, you know, not sleeping at all because um, Niles has been plying her with caffeine. So then she is wearing sunglasses out on the, t- the terrace of Mr. Sheffield's yeah. office. And he comes in and he's like, oh, CC, I'm so sorry. I forgot about our meeting. Oh, and then he's like, let me make it up to you. Let's go to your favorite restaurant, just you and me. And the irony is she's actually asleep. Yep. She's not even awake to hear, you know, the sentence of her dreams. Yep. And that's it. And I was like, yeah, and, that's and then he tiptoes away. And that's an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's get into our favorite part of the show, segments. A segment. And now, segments. So segments yeah no i think we should move on to segments i to say we can move on to our segments and now segments Uh, here's my favorite lines. I absolutely adored early on in the episode, Fran's like, um, or no, I think it's Brighton. I, I mean, I think it's maybe Mr. Sheffield, but he's like, oh, he's probably just, a, he's talking about the the boy that, um, that Maggie's, dating. Maggie's dating. And he goes, he's probably just a spoiled rich brat living off his father. And right as he says that, Brighton crosses behind him and he goes, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just hears spoiled rich brat living off his father. He yeah. And he just goes, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. It was really funny. The other one I liked is Mr. Sheffield going, when did Fran become master of this house? And Niles going, three years and six months ago, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like when the show premiered which i thought was really good i did like mr sheffield calling uh when he was like i guess there can't be any harm in meeting the twisted little cradle robbing sex maniac when he's talking about the 25 year old and i like when maggie was arguing with fran and she's like you know basically saying like you know the age difference isn't that big a deal and she's like you know what about your parents you told me your father's 10 years older than your mother 
And Fran's like, no, I didn't. I said she took 10 years off his life. <laughs> and um, I really liked it when Niles doesn't think Mr. Sheffield can hear him. So she literally goes, how's the hearing? You lucky little brat born into money. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, actually, I can hear fine on my right side. And Niles goes, just funning you, sir. That's <laughs> really trying to get out of the yeah, fact. His delivery on like you, you spoiled little rich boy. It was so good. He was like so mad. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Niles definitely like has so many complicated feelings about Mister Shippy. A lot of animosity, yeah. A lot of buried animosity, yeah. Well, he's basically a you know indentured servant. It seems like his father died and he was stuck with this man. <laughs> <laughs> so did you? Have, okay, did you have any other favorite moments? No, that was it for me. It's interesting. This episode uh, was a slightly stronger, like from a from a plot standpoint. Like the story was like a little more put together than than what I thought was episode two originally. But I don't know. It didn't have that many like zingers to me. This episode. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, but I will say, uh, oh, and also it didn't have any Yiddish. No Yiddish. Nope. No Yiddish. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of nanny trivia, I'm very excited about this. And I cannot take credit for it uh, because it was sent in by one of our listeners who follows us on Instagram named Molly. Um, and this is really like a corrections corner to an episode that aired uh, a few weeks ago. It was the Liz Taylor episode, Where's the Pearls? So Molly wrote, and I feel like you're going to love this and there's some follow-up I'm going to send you. Um, she goes, I listen to episode 321, Where's the Pearls? And I have some additional trivia. Hmm. First, Liz Taylor actually did appear in can't, in the Can't Hurry Love episode. And by the way, the Can't Hurry Love episode is the one with the with Mariska Hartigay. And I forget the other woman. She's she's also a name actress now, where it's kind of like a like was trying to be a friend, like, but it was like two single girls in the city, like, you know, looking for love. Right, um, right. So Liz Taylor did appear in the Can't Hurry Love episode. She was in one scene. Annie and Dee Dee run into her in a women's dressing room in a department store. Liz, in a, sorry, in a department store Liz was in to promote her perfume. Second, Liz Taylor Knight was not the first time Can't Hurry Love crossed over with the nanny. As a huge Mariska Hardigay fan, I sought out a lot of her smaller roles, including Dee Dee in Can't Hurry Love. She was the only bright light in that dud of the show. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sheffield appears in season one, episode 13, The Rent Strike. He owns the building that all of the characters in Can't Hurry Love live in. We learn that he's not only a meh Broadway producer, he's also a bad landlord. Oh no, so, he's a slumlord? <laughs> well, so the nanny and Can't Hurry Love are firmly planted in the same universe. It makes me wonder if they would have, had cro if they would have crossed over again if Can't Hurry Love had been canceled. I'm glad it was. Otherwise, we may not have gotten Olivia Benson as we know, as we know mm. her now. And then she goes, here's a link to the rent strike on YouTube. Interesting. She literally sends me a link to, or sends us a link to the scene that Mr. Sheffield appears in. And it is so fun. I'm going to send it to you and we're going to post it for this show because basically, you know, um, or no, I'm sorry. It was not just the scene. It was the whole episode because I kind of like skimmed through it. So it's like, you know, the plot of the episode is that like the electricity and heat goes off in their building. And there are these like two single girls who live in, you know, a building on 28th Street. Um, and, you know, 
they basically are getting the whole building together to be like, you know, we have to like get in touch with the management company and the owner of the building. Like, this is not okay. We're freezing our butts off. It's the middle of winter. And then it's established that like Maxwell Sheffield is the owner of the building. And we have like several scenes where, you know, Dee Dee is like, um, trying to get him on the phone, you know, leaving messages for him leave, and being like, you know, he needs to call us. This is not okay. And it's kind of this very sort of like, almost like, you know, union or like, uh, you know, residence right episode where she's getting everyone together. And they're, it's really awful. They're literally like in their apartments, like with scarves and coats on in front of candles. And <laughs> then, then like, a, oh my God, it's so funny that I love that he's like a slumlord. Well, but, okay. So I thought I also was like, oh my God, this is like such a horrible like indictment for Mr. Sheffield. And they actually almost had me because then like the last scene is there's a knock on the door and, you know, they're all huddled in the apartment, like, you know, freezing. And they open it and it's Maxwell Sheffield. And he's like, huh. He's like, hi, like I'm Maxwell Sheffield. I hear you've been trying to reach me. And then the character, you know, who's been like, you know, doing all of this sort of organizing and orchestrating to try to like, you know, get them what they deserve. She like kind of goes off on him and she's like, listen, like, cause, cause she's like, we don't have heat. We don't have electricity. Like it's the middle of winter. This is unacceptable. And he literally goes, I really don't understand what the big deal is. Like, you should all be grateful. Like, what a fun adventure. Like, you know, cozying up next to the fire. And I, he really did have me. Because, like, I guess the sad thing is Mr. Sheffield's such a petty baby. And he's so out of touch that I could believe him actually saying this. And then, you know, he says this. And then she, like, really goes off on him. And it was kind of funny, too, because she keeps referring to, like, she's like, you know, you, you, you know, rich fat cats up there on Park Ave might, you know, think that, you know, we're just lazy, but she's like, you know, us working people on 28th street work our butts off to pay the rent. And like, the least you can do is like provide us with like basic essentials. And I was laughing because now 28th street is like so unaffordable, <laughs> but back then it was like, you know, I guess like still like, Ooh, like that's where like the poor people live. <laughs> but anyway, so she does that whole thing. And just as she says it and kind of like shoves her finger in Mr. Sheffield's face, all the lights come on and the heat comes on. And he kind of smiles and he goes, I had you, didn't I? Yeah. And, then, and then he's like, you know, he's like, I'm very, very sorry for the, for the confusion. He's like, I spoke to the management company. It won't happen again. So it was clearly some, you know, like more like, like red tape admin miscommunication. It's not like he like, you know, intended for this to happen. And That's adorable. I love and that. then he goes, and he goes also, um, oh, and then they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And he's like, Oh, don't thank me. He goes, thank my nanny. I sicked her on the management company. She could put the fear of God in. Well, God. <laughs> so clearly, you know, he finds out about it and is upset and instantly is like, you know, and Miss Fine, can you please take care of this in, you know, quickly? And, you know, it's really nice to also imagine Fran fighting for this as well. I mean, I guess it's also like, why is this Fran's job to handle? Like, she's a nanny. <laughs> I know, but she also has a lot of two. I mean, um, I guess it's just funny that he like has investments in buildings and like this problem comes up and he turned to Fran and was like, Hey Fran, can you stop watching the kids for a minute and get on the phone with the electric well, company and yell at I, them for me? She's um, not his assistant. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I love it though. I love, I mean, I love a crossover as a, as a, as a, as a, a nerd born uh, uh, in a world of comic books. Uh, crossovers were always my favorite thing growing up as a kid. And I used to get such a delight when NBC and CBS, because like, they would all do this. You know, there was 
the the my favorite was the um uh what was it it was abc's uh tgif lineup on friday nights did a Mm -hmm. full house family matters step-by-step crossover where urkel traveled to all three shows on a jetpack that he had built and he kept crashing into like the other show's backyards yeah yeah oh i Um, remember please don't yeah yeah, so I, I mean, I love this kind of thing, um, but but even more so, what I love about this one specifically is, I love that they tried to build a little universe. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, Urkel gets a jetpack from Chicago and somehow ends up ends up in like San Francisco at the Full House house. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, no, this actually tracks and builds out Mr. Sheffield's character and the nanny's world a little bit because you're like, oh, sure. Okay, he's got other investments. He's not a dum-dum. He's got a lot of money. Of course, he would have to, like, diversify and have stuff. So, sure, maybe he owns a couple of buildings. And, like, it's it's great. I love that. I think that's really creative. It definitely made sense. And then the fun little button on that scene is um, he's also like, and, you know, to apologize for the inconvenience, I wanted to, you know, give you tickets to uh, my latest show. And he's like, but my nanny said you'd probably prefer to see cats. So here's the tickets. And he goes, and here's the cab fare. And he like hands them cash. And you're like, oh, Mr. Sheffield, like, you know, you, you aren't, you're not a monster. Like, I'm glad this happened. But then as he's leaving, one of their other friends enters and he goes, wow, the things you see in this city. I just saw a couple of kids, uh, like take the tires off a limo in under three minutes. And Mr. Sheffield pops back in and takes the cash back. And he's like, oh, I think I'll be needing this back. Cab fare. And then leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was very funny. And I wanted to thank Molly again, uh, our listener, because Great I fun. did not know that. And I'm delighted in this. And I was so excited to tell Sean. I almost I almost told him before the episode. I was so, you know, thrilled. I'm glad you didn't. This was fun. And yeah, yeah, thank you, Molly, for sending this in. And, and uh, you know, uh, what a delight. That's That's really great. Mm-hmm. That's really great. And look at, look at, at as a result, uh, you got a special bonus recap of a show we barely even knew existed until recently. So, <laughs> so you're welcome, everyone else, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you're welcome. Bonus recap. Let's see. What other business do we have? I have a little corrections corner myself. I messaged briefly with Peter Mark Jacobs because I was very curious about. I was very curious about the Europe scenes, and and I really wanted to know, like, because because it does look different, and I really wanted to know if it was green screen or not. So I asked, you know pretty directly like did you guys film the paris episode stuff in paris or was it all green screen um and the answer was uh that some was paris and some was england which i thought was really interesting um and that uh he was not there personally he was handling the writer's room in la at the time but that they the production did send a very small group um specifically he thinks probably during a hiatus week just to go film those little missing scenes in London and in uh, Paris. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So the uh, Mr. Sheffield and, and probably Fran, you know, obviously Fran. And then I would say, you know, probably like a little skeleton crew of people went over and just grabbed all of those shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as a, just a follow-up to that, he also mentioned that the crews they all went, the entire crew, the, the whole cast was on the cruise episode. Um, and they filmed all the beach stuff in Malibu. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So they didn't have to go far at all. Yep. Yep. Um, man, yep. So them splashing there. around in the water and all that, they just, they took, they took them all out to Malibu one day and they're like, all right, go run on the beach and we'll film, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. So many, so many fascinating corrections this week. And new um, facts. Yeah. So yeah, then, it's almost like we're a real podcast that does actual research and learns things. <laughs> uh, oh man, I, I was laughing because as you all know, REA, uh, Cohen Wade, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, I saw him tweet like, it was like, hey everybody, like listen to my latest interview with, and then it was like some incredibly esteemed like New York Times author and his like book of essays. And I was just laughing that like, well, we forced him on this podcast. We made him come on this podcast, and then we made him make us a guest on his. So his podcast goes like New York Times bestselling author, like, you know, poet laureate, the nanny hosts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then New York Times bestselling author. Yes. Um, and okay, so for I know we're expanding this out. It's not just the brand or the CC, but I'm just calling it that for uh, branding purposes. Branding purposes. Um, I'm, I, I'm definitely not the Fran. I, I don't know who I would be in this episode, but you know, I I'd probably be the CC at this point who is just intrigued by dating younger and like, ooh, because I think I've reached a point now where I'm like, oh, I think that could be really fun. Because as much as I just like maligned the maturity of the average 25 year old male, I do think like, yeah, you know, that would be a fun dynamic. Like I'd be in control. Like that's like, like I don't know. Like, <laughs> I love that you're like, I'd be Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that like I can see there's with age comes the ability to have like kind of new dynamics, even if it's just like casual and fun, but like, you know, that could be fun. I'm a, hey world, I'm open to it. Side note, That's I'm in great. a committed relationship, so not open to it. But like the I I can see the fun in it. Um well and I I love that we've expanded this beyond Fran and Cece. Because now I get to like take the whole episode in and really consider like, you know, which character do I most identify with? And I think after careful consideration for season four, episode two, The Cradle Robbers, I most identify with the dude who was like, hey, I'm gonna go to a jazz club. Anyone want to come? That's my character. I was like, hey, you know what? I would be that guy. I'd be like, hey, you guys want to go to a jazz club? This seems tight. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I think you were anybody. Else. I'm like, who else? appeared I'm, i i can't think of anybody else you'd be i guess i mean I, you know the only other one is like i did i do identify with the um you know trickster god mischievousness of niles throughout this episode so like you know i i guess a little bit of that like I he's such also, like a fun loving like you know like little tricky deviant but also <laughs> i would say the anger of mr sheffield Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, Mr. Sheffield's anger is like not quite intense enough yeah. to really match the level of unbridled like rage, like white hot fiery rage inside of me. But you know, yeah, I guess I guess that one would count too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the episode, everybody. It went way longer than we thought because we just had so much fun stuff to talk about. So hopefully, you guys um, didn't they love it. They love it. And if you don't love it, well, then why don't you go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review explaining why you 
don't love the show, mm -hmm. uh, but still give us five stars and still leave a review because every single one counts, except for the bad ones. So please don't leave a bad one, actually. Yeah. That would be please bad do, And we love seeing those reviews. It makes us so happy. Uh, oh, at least when they're good. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're not, we get very, very sad, and we wrap up in blankets like little burritos, and we eat nothing but uh, fondue for a week. So, don't, don't, don't <laughs> send us really that. It's really hard way. to do when your arms are wrapped in those burrito blankets. Yeah, because you have to hold the pieces of fruit in your mouth and then dunk your entire face into the boiling hot cheese. Oh, and see, I imagined that you had to hold the the fondue fork in your mouth and have the dexterity. To Oh, it's so cute. You use a fork when you, you fondue. Well, yeah, you your hand. Oh, because I guess you're talking about chocolate fondue. I was thinking of oil fondue, which was hot oil fondue. Oh, my God. All right. Um, Listen, also, uh, please, uh, if you want to find us on social media, oh, Mr. Chef Pod is on Twitter and on um, Instagram. I run the Twitter one and Toria's doing the Instagram one. So really take your pick on who you want to hang out with is what I would say. Like if you want to chill with Toria, go check her out on Instagram. Sure. I, she's great company. I, I, I pick, you know, I love co-hosting the show with her because of like what a good friend you are and how fun you are. But honestly, I'm over there on Twitter, cutting it up. We're having a great time out there in the Twitterverse. So if you're around, say hi, say, Hey, what's up, man. But don't, don't leave forget. messages for Toria on Twitter because I will telephone them and change like all of the words to like make it peak something completely different. Just yeah, well, Twitter, you know, Twitter is for nerds, so keep that in mind when you make your choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do keep in mind that Twitter is definitely for nerds, and if you're cool and you have an interesting life, you probably want to look at pictures. So you're on Instagram. That's true too. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll Bye. See you Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. Any name, Fran? Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>